I recently came across a beautiful quote by Fred Rogers, otherwise known as Mr. Rogers. He said, It is only natural that we and our children find many things that are hard to talk about, but anything human is mentionable, and anything mentionable is manageable. The mentioning can be difficult, and the managing too, but both can be done if we are surrounded by love and trust. So, welcome to the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is Nene White, and I think it's time in this podcast to talk about something that is perhaps difficult to mention and to manage, but I think together we can do it. Much as we all wish there was a way to protect our young students from heartache caused by the death of loved ones, relatives, friends, animals, there is no getting away from it. Life happens, and sometimes life is rough. There are times when we are called upon to evoke our most courageous instincts to find the words and actions that will provide the greatest comfort to the young ones in our care. It makes sense, and I hope you agree, that our own mindset, including any fears or dread we may have around the subjects of dying and death, will be communicated to our students. This episode is dedicated to helping you to give some forethought, plan ahead, if you will, to be most present for any of your students should they need you to provide a safe place for them when times are especially difficult. Number one rule, as always, observing and listening to an emotionally burdened child, trying very hard to not jump to any conclusions, is so important. You can probably guess why, but I'll tell you just in case. You see, We adults sometimes tend to respond to children's comments and questions beyond the scope of what they're actually thinking or wondering about. And with hard-to-talk-about subjects, it's definitely better to keep answers as simple, as uncomplicated as possible. Now, questions about sex provide a perfect parallel, like when a four- or five-year-old asks, where do babies come from? Information about eggs and sperm, birds and the bees, etc. are really overkill. I don't have to tell you that. Something like babies grow inside their mothers is a simple, uncomplicated, direct answer. Now carry that over to a child's question about what made a pet die. Well, he got very sick and his body just didn't get better. Is, is plenty of information usually. To say things like he's gone to heaven or he's going to sleep for a really long time, those really aren't answers at all, and they'll probably cause more confusion than provide the help that is actually needed. Of course, what we really want to be is present enough and attentive enough to answer the question that's at the heart of whatever question is being verbalized. Like that unspoken question might be, Could that happen to me? Then, of course, we need to assure the child that if ever she gets sick, that everyone around her would take extra good care of her. It's really important for her to know that and to trust that 
that she's safe and cared for. So we want to answer that question that might not have been verbalized, but is probably right underneath the questions that are asked. Uh, I hope I'm being clear about that. Talking about death in the classroom can be a truly enriching experience for the children, for everyone, if the teacher is able to provide a safe and loving, patient, gentle, and supportive atmosphere for mitigating discomfort around the topic. And as I mentioned previously, um, if you're nervous about that topic of death, your students will pick up your tension, which obviously would be counterproductive. Now I'd like to switch gears for a couple of minutes and share a brief conversation I enjoyed with a highly respected educator here in India. Oh, yes, I am in India for a couple of months. Did I forget to mention that? Anyway, Bini Singh has been the principal headmaster of her school in Fezabad, Uttar Pradesh, India, for over three decades. I hope you enjoyed this brief conversation I had with her. A wonderful thing is if a child comes into class and he's feeling very sad and his classmates see that he's sad and it comes out in conversation that, oh, his grandmother died last week, but now it's time to come back to school, then if that conversation can happen with the whole class, then everyone grows emotionally strong, emotionally stronger. They grow empathy for that and compassion for that child Mm -hmm. who has that loss, but they also learn from that child's loss and from the teacher's advice how to manage that when eventually that happens for them yeah i think it's i think it's you know it's a, it's maybe an uncomfortable topic but i think it's a necessary no, one no it is a it's it's you know like when we tell the teachers that uh, when you have new children coming to the school how do you handle them and we teach them you can't teach it in you just can't tell them that this is exactly how you go about. No, mm-hmm. you have to have those um, techniques or the way of handling. You need to know those small, small inputs, how to go about it. Right. And then the same way, it is a part of the growing up. Yes, uh, it is. You know, that, when, that we tell the children, that uh, the teachers, that how if situations are a little... Uh, difficult or different from the normal routine. Yes. So you need to take it up and not to just brush it aside and Mm. say, okay, that's not my topic. I completely agree. They need to, because if the children, and those are the areas when the teacher and student bondings always become closer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So it does take a a deep breath and some courage, but Mm. absolutely, that's where the bonding happens. See, the, the mother may be the first teacher, but the teacher is always the second mother. Yes. So, Absolutely. so if the teacher and the student and the teacher can understand because she moves away from their homes and she's more uh, a stronger emotional person to for the child to come to. She should be, mm. or he should be. Do you have male teachers much? In Not the- in the junior school, but no. yes, all in the senior school we have more male teachers. Uh, uh, we're starting to get more male teachers in the lower schools, but and the children love them. See, but what I feel is that um, it's, it's a, you know, a womanly instinct. It is. The motherhood is always there with the woman. It is. You can be the best of the parent, but you cannot have that motherly instinct or the, the fatherly instinct is very different. It's very different. <laughs> so that's the reason you say you need a woman around. And 
the children know how to because they've seen their mothers more closely so they know they bond with the female teachers more yeah. they they look up at her as maybe an elder sister if they are young or as a mother if they are little older <laughs> so that bonding is always you know with the lady teachers but yes but when it comes to games when it comes to creativity when it comes to the strength uh, show of strength then they want the male teachers absolutely uh, the pt teachers yes yes <laughs> i have a whole podcast episode on how important male teachers are for boys yes but yeah well good we're getting off subject now and i always try to keep on one subject but thank you i really appreciate this because i know it's not like the first topic any teacher wants to talk about but it's really really necessary. it is important yes yeah. i agree with you good thank you thank you Now here are a couple of ideas to help create more learning around the students' real life experience of death. I'm offering these because if the need should suddenly arise, I think you'll be glad that you've thought through these ideas ahead of any real need. Consider this, the sudden death of a classroom pet or the death of a student's relative could in a natural and unforced way provide a lesson about feelings if done with sensitive care and attention in the case of a dead classroom pet an art lesson representing different times that the kids shared with the pet or perhaps a brief class discussion to evoke how class members feel about losing the animal as the teacher you could perhaps share some of your own feelings acknowledging that it is all right to be sad and then remembering too the fun that everyone had playing with the gerbil watching him grow taking care of him when a friend or relative has died and yes it's better to use that exact word died rather than running away from the finality of the fact by using words like past or passed away etc which since young kids are generally so literal that might cause more confusion than help perhaps the class could make little pieces of art to send as letters of condolence which would be another way for children to have an opportunity to express their feelings as their teachers you could facilitate a discussion about how such letters would be received by the people who were close to the person who died helping the children to understand that their thoughtfulness would make the family members feel cared for in their time of sorrow and loss of course very importantly these suggestions for follow through activities should never be forced on the kids the main purpose of this episode is that if death becomes a relevant topic for your young students you have a rare responsibility and opportunity and as always i wanted to support you in whatever small way that i could as my true expression of gratitude and respect for all that you do what i've offered here are just a few ideas that hopefully have started your own wheels spinning in consideration of your own students If you come away from this episode with a single impression, I hope it will be that talking about death is more necessary and potentially beneficial than not talking about it. Your classroom can be the supportive, safe, gentle, trustworthy place where real and mutually respectful learning about inevitable challenges like death can be 
as Mr. Rogers said, mentioned and managed when we are surrounded by love and trust. <laughs>